podcast family, if you follow my podcast, you know that some of the podcasts that I do tend to be, while always educational, you know, kind of lighthearted. We have a good time with it and they're meant to be entertaining. Well, in this session, that's definitely not the focus. We're not here to entertain you. We're here to educate all of us on a very ugly truth. Look, I'm doing this podcast in the first week of December 2020. Well, on December the 3rd of 2020, the Department of Health and Human Services and the U.S. Surgeon General has released a call to action. Really, it's a call to arms about some terrible numbers here in the U.S. I mean, we lead as a developed country in a bunch of areas, including medical research. But the truth is, is that the numbers related to maternal deaths in the U.S. are piercing right to the heart. This is terrible. And and I'm embarrassed as an OBGYN provider. So listen, if you are a nurse, you're a midwife, you're a medical student, you're in anything in women's health care, this applies to you because you're going to get asked about it. This is a real hot topic. We cannot continue this way anymore. So the U.S. Surgeon General has given a deadline year of 2025. Remember, we're about to enter 2021. So we're talking about just four years away to dramatically change these numbers. Because the numbers we're going to present are eye-opening, shocking, and overall just disappointing. Y'all ready? Let's review the U.S. Surgeon General and the Department of Health and Human Services' new call to action on the alarming rate of U.S. maternal mortality. This is Clinical Pearls. Well, let's rip the Band-Aid right off the wound. A mother or mother-to-be dies every 12 hours in the U.S. I got to say that again. A mother or a mother-to-be dies every 12 hours here in the U.S. And now these tragedies are just unacceptable. We cannot truly improve maternal health until we acknowledge and address that this issue exists and that something has to be done. Another way of looking at the numbers is that about 700 women die each year in the U.S. just as a result of a pregnancy-related complication. In addition, every year, more than 25,000 women suffer unintended outcomes of labor and delivery that can result in significant short or long-term consequences to their health. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention estimates that two out of three preventable deaths are just that, preventable. So let's do that again. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention estimates that two out of three pregnancy-related deaths are actually preventable. So people have labeled a maternal mortality a, quote, never event, end quote, if there are things that we can recognize, identify, and do something about, then these numbers can change. Well, now back to reality. We wish it was that easy. Let's just identify problem A so we can give solution B so that the outcome C is better. It's just not that easy or we would have done something already. It's hard to classify what exactly is the problem here. Now, there's some big offenders that are very likely suspects, and we're going to talk about that. But it's got to be deeper. There's got to be some internal conditions here in this whole system that are just not working. And I'm not sure if fixing one thing is going to fix everything, and nor is the U.S. Attorney General. However, it's got to start somewhere. So this is where this report, which is actually 71 pages long, actually helps 
point people to. It helps people get directed into several main groups or main areas that we can focus on to try to make a change. In the newly released action plan, the Department of Health and Human Services provides a roadmap for addressing risk factors before, during, and after pregnancy that can help improve the quality of and access to maternity and postpartum care. Listen, if you're a medical student interested in going to OBGYN, there's three areas of focus that are going to get you that residency spot because if you're familiar with these and you have an action plan or just some awareness about this, that's what we need and that's what's appealing to residency programs. And if you're an OBGYN resident about to take your OBGYN board, you know you're going to get asked about this. And if you are just in practice, if you are a nurse practitioner or a midwife, your patients should be asking you about this because it's all over the news and all over medical and non-medical publications. The action plan outlines three specific targets to improve the nation's maternal health outcomes by the year 2025. Here's what those three areas are. First, there is a plan to reduce the maternal mortality rate by at least 50%. Next, it's to reduce low-risk C-sections by 25%. And third, to achieve blood pressure control in 80% of women of reproductive age who have diagnosed hypertension. Now, here's a question you should have. Look, I agree with those three approaches. I think those three things are great. I agree with that. But how the heck are you supposed to do that? I mean, it sounds great to say I want these three things, but how do you implement it? Well, that 71-page monograph actually addresses some areas that can help get us those three different things. First, is we need to pay attention to and first recognize that there are some disparities like racial, socioeconomic, geographic, and even age-related that can affect patient care. So, the Department of Health and Human Services does call for some culturally appropriate care in clinical practice. We should all increase self and situational awareness of and attention to these social determinants of health. We should provide culturally and linguistically appropriate services that respect and respond to individual needs and preferences. Again, sounds great, but it may be harder to implement in some areas because, well, what do you do if just nobody in your practice speaks Spanish? Well, yes, there's professional translator services, but they have a cost. So remember, these are ideas, and I'm not saying that they're all um, completely adoptable and there's no cost to it and it's super easy. There's challenges because that's why they're, we're in the position that we're in to begin with. But once we realize what these things are, then we can take action to and try to incorporate them even slowly. But we've got to start somewhere. The monograph also addresses the issue of these chronic conditions. Remember that one of the three things was to address hypertension and reduce its severity and get it under better control in at least 80% of women and where the diagnosis lives. But it's beyond just hypertension. We need to reduce the burden of chronic conditions like hypertension and diabetes and obesity and even focus on mental health that's been overlooked for a long time. So the Department of Health and Human Services monograph, the U.S. Attorney General's call to action, thankfully does actually say that we can't ignore mental health conditions in pregnancy anymore. Even substance use disorders have to be given some priority, and we have to make time out in our prenatal visits to actually address these with our patients. Next, of course, is to communicate with women and their families about pregnancy, not just when they're pregnant, but in the pre-pregnancy planning stages and, of course, remember, postpartum. 
That's why ACOG has now defined the fourth trimester being the first three months at least of the postpartum state, where there's a lot of increased maternal morbidity and mortality. The Department of Health and Human Services monograph actually states that the highest risk isn't just in the first three months postpartum, but actually includes the entire year after pregnancy. So remember, don't just focus on the first three months. That fourth trimester is great to put attention to and bring patients back, but patients may still be at either health or mental health risk up to 12 months after delivery. Now, I'm going to talk about the fourth trimester a little bit more because ACOG has a whole committee opinion on that, and I want to tie that in. But before I leave this idea of social determinants of health and just self and situational awareness, here's why this matters. Here's what we're seeing in clinical practice, and it's in the U.S. Attorney General's monograph. And this number is crazy. This number should make you sad and strike you again at your soul because I, I don't understand it. Not only are two-thirds of all maternal deaths preventable, but black women in particular are two to three times more likely to die from pregnancy-related causes compared with many other racial or ethnic groups. And here's a clinical pearl. It's regardless of educational status, which means even, let's say, the very well-educated, well-to-do, who knows and probably has access to maternity care, they're still two to three times more likely to die from pregnancy-related causes. Why is that? And again, that's in the monograph. I, I don't understand that. Now, there's no answer given to that question, but the truth is this reality is there. Now, I know what you can be thinking. Well, there may be some genetic or or other racial or cultural issues that we can't take into account here. And that is true. I accept that. But that doesn't excuse away the fact that black women are two to three times more likely to die from a pregnancy-related issue than anybody else. We've got to do better. We've got to figure out what that issue is. So again, that's a clinical pearl. There's some numbers you got to remember, like two-thirds of maternal deaths are preventable, and that black women are two to three times more likely to die in pregnancy or a pregnancy-related issue than anybody else. We've got to do better. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Now, I do want to say just a little bit more about this issue of the, quote, fourth trimester, that time, the first three months postpartum. Listen to this data. It's crazy to hear that about a third of deaths that occur related to pregnancy happen after the woman has had the child and has left the hospital and gone home. That's a third of deaths. Did y'all get that? So that's an important fact. A third of maternal or pregnancy-related deaths happen in the postpartum period. That's why ACOG has called to action and stated that all postpartum providers should at least make initial contact with the patient, not at the traditional six-week follow-up, but within the first three weeks, followed by ongoing care as needed and a comprehensive visit within the 12 weeks after delivery. 
Now, remember, that three weeks postpartum check, no longer the four or the six week interval, doesn't necessarily have to be in person. It can be telemedicine. It can be a quick phone call. But there has to be at least an initial intake assessment within the first three weeks. For all women with hypertensive disorders of pregnancy, remember that they should have a blood pressure check within 3 to 10 days postpartum and after discharge, and that includes all women from gestational hypertension to preeclampsia, whether mild or severe, and all other high-risk pregnancies should have a follow-up within one week, and again, no further than three weeks or no later than three weeks after delivery, because we can't do the traditional four to six-week follow-up after delivery anymore. That's according to the May 2018 committee opinion from the college on optimizing postpartum care. You know, the college has a really nice little timetable about optimizing postpartum care in that May 2018 opinion. And I'm going to share that on our Facebook page once this podcast is live. So it can be a quick, helpful reminder for all of us. All right, podcast family, we're going to wrap this up. Here's some brief clinical pearls to remember. And here's a quick nuggets from the Health and Human Services and the U.S. Attorney General's call to action from December the 3rd, 2020. Number one is that every 12 hours in the U.S., there is a pregnancy-related maternal death. And that just can't be. Remember the three-prong approach, the three things that the U.S. Attorney General focused on to try to reduce the overall maternal mortality rates and just try to increase quality of care. Remember that we have to do this pre-pregnancy, during pregnancy, and optimize postpartum care to get these outcomes becoming reality. We've got to pay attention to social determinants of health. We've got to pay attention to hypertension and chronic diseases. And we've got to do better, not just as educating ourselves. We do a great job at that. But educating our patients about what they need to do to keep out of harm's way. Remember, you can get that full monograph, 71 quick pages to read. Just kidding. It took me like three hours to read that thing. But what we've covered here are the quick nuts and bolts, if you're asked about it, to give you some familiarity and to help participate in this call to action so that we can do better. Remember that the goal year is 2025 podcast family. I'm so thankful for you. Thank you for your messages on Facebook. Thank you for reaching out to me for suggestions and just for comments. And above all that, look, we're all in the same boat. We're all rowing together. We're just trying to take care of people and ourselves in a better way. So we'll see you next time on Clinical Pearls.